Empire of the Sun. Suns. Empire of the Suns. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast. Empire of the Suns. Hello there, and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kel Olson, joined as always by Kevin Zimmerman. Hey, bud. Tuesday, basketball day, as it's called, here. You gotta love basketball day. Two great games, right? I'm excited. I'm, I think we did this exercise in written word where you basically did the dead spin thing and said, name some dudes, and you named a bunch of dudes in like 200 words, and it's like... 30 dudes and I did the same thing and that just like got me in the right headspace for this to happen it's back yeah I haven't been uh I've been an NBA fan my whole life obviously but I've been following it to this extent so heavily but I would love to talk to someone who has and just be like is this the most interesting the league has been from like a whole 30 teams because me and you mentioned like the top of the standings the middle of the standings and the bottom of the standings just with like swing players on certain teams and like you wrote like yeah like I'm going to turn on Houston to see how Jalen... Like, if I get an alert that Jalen Green scored 16 in the first quarter, I'm going to switch to the Rockets game and see if he scores 50. If the Thunder are... If I get, like, Poku alerts that Poku's just playing, I'm going to turn on the Thunder, (laughs) just like I did last year. Is there a T... I really need a Twitter account. I I asked this last year. I was like, someone please make a Twitter account for, like, is Poku in? So I can know. So I can go over there. Is there a team where you just are like, I don't need to see anyone on that team? Maybe, like... Toronto probably Toronto was in my head and I would almost say the magic but also there's some interesting dudes like that I want to see succeed there yeah Jalen Suggs Okiki uh Zach Lowe wrote about I just want to see Bamba like not be a failure it's the Spurs right yeah maybe is Lonnie Walker gonna be that good I don't know I guess it's the Spurs because they have nine of those dudes and it's like one of them just has to be good you know okay let's talk about the Phoenix Suns yeah Sorry. We are recording this Tuesday afternoon, if you cannot tell by us teasing two games. Um, we have extensions to discuss. Not an extension for DeAndre Ayton, which I did not think was going to happen. I thought they were going to get it done. Four years, $90 million for Mikel Bridges. Four years, $43 million for Landry Shamit. We will discuss these contracts a little bit in detail once we get past DeAndre. Shamit, though, we learned today, last two years not guaranteed, so an even better job than James Jones than you would have looked at, and I would have been fine with 443, all guaranteed, honestly, um, with how they project him and how he should play and, and all that kind of stuff. We'll get to that in a bit, though. Let's talk DeAndre. No deal gets done. We talked about this. I I kind of, like, vented quote-unquote I let out my full opinion and my full stance on this last week kind of already so I don't need to go much further on just the initial reaction I wrote about it on ArizonaSports.com it's basically the anxiety that everyone has um, about the things that you mentioned which is like this is a team that just sold their G League team recently and there are other reasons in which you would believe from past precedent that they would be looking to save money in certain circumstances. We can just kind of say that and then get and get out of it. But the main takeaway now is that James Jones spoke to Sam Amica, the athletic today provided his side, because if you couldn't tell with what Woj and Brian Windhorst were reporting, that was coming from Deandre's side, quite obviously. And basically what we have come down to learn is that Deandre wanted five year max, full five year max. The Suns were not interested in that. 
DeAndre was not interested in anything less than that, and there weren't really any negotiations to go with from here. The Suns, this is the one part that's a little bit confusing, but what it sounds like happened was the Suns discussed and entertained the idea of a three- to four-year max, which we will talk about is not smart on a couple of different levels in our opinion, but it was not offered. It was never offered. And James's thing, I believe he never did say that they offered it. And that is what the agent side of it in the ESPN report said, that it was never offered. The part from James' side that comes out today uh, that is interesting is, and this was something that wasn't really discussed yesterday at all, is that there is a wrinkle in the CBA, essentially, where you are only allowed to have two of these players on these five-year maxes after a rookie contract. Designated. Designated rookie scale. Is that what it is? Is that, is that what that thing is called? Yeah. yeah. You're only allowed to have two of those guys. So if they got DeAndre, they would be obviously locked into him and Book, and they would not be able to acquire a third person if that third person were to arise. I think that's the most interesting part of this discussion, Kevin, if you have anything else to say on just... We'll get into like the three-year, four-year stuff and like the TV money coming and why that's not that smart. But what do you make of that part coming out? Because it comes out in a piece where Amic and Amic, to be fair to him, not even to be fair to him, he astutely puts like after that, it's like, well, first he talked to the agent side as well and was like with the agents like basically didn't hear much about this at all. And as he mentioned, like the idea that they could get one of these max rookie extension guys without giving up DeAndre or Devin in the deal seems a bit far-fetched yeah so what is your what do you take away from that part of the story because it was in the story for a reason and mentioned by James for a reason and the agents told Amic like we that wasn't ever addressed as why they didn't want to do a five-year um it's kind of fair in theory if you're a team if you're really that confident, if you're going to say, and look, the Mikel Bridges thing, that matters here too. You package him and Dario's contract, or not even that, Jalen Smith's contract probably gets you maybe close to an older Max deal. So if there's a guy, Ben Simmons, for example, I don't care about the fit, just use that as an example right now. You could trade maybe at the deadline a couple of players that aren't DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker and go get a third designated max guy. I believe Ben Simmons is on designated match. I should actually check on that. Carl Anthony Towns, like if you want to go get him, can you go get him without giving up Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton? I think the answer is a hard, hard no in most every case. <laughs> so that's Would you not... rather have Ben Simmons or Jay Crowder or Mikel Bridges or Cam? I would rather have all three of those guys than Simmons. But like even if even I, I if guess I'm Cam, saying... like I'm being I'm being a bit Looking over there. the fit aside, like, yeah. does as another team going to take that package for one of those guys on five year maxes? No, correct. So, the Suns do not have like a bunch of future picks to throw. Like, it would have to be their own picks, basically. If Kyrie is is Kyrie still on his? I don't know because I feel old. They have Chris Paul. He exists. Carl no, Anthony, again, fit Carl aside. Anthony Towns. Fit yeah, aside. Yeah. Fit if, aside. Yeah. Good if, call. If you if he wants to be traded. Are the Nets going to take Mikel Bridges as the best player in a return? No. So that that's why that is kind of just like... I. Well, that's what Philly has been matter. saying, right? Like, they're not taking just role players. 
and uh-huh. they'd be effectively offering role players. Even if Mikel Bridges becomes a 20-point-per-game scorer, maybe? I don't know. We've talked enough on this podcast of how we feel about Mikel Bridges, so labeling him in that camp. We're saying from Philly's perspective they would see him as a role and player. The picks, Suns do not maybe. see him as a role player. They should not see him as a role player. Me and you do not see him as just a role player. He's much more but than then, that. But, but from another yeah. team's perspective, you have to see it from their perspective and be like, we're not taking a role player. Even if you throw a bunch of first-round picks and you throw in a bunch of the Suns, then you're going against what this team has been built on which is depth and teamwork so basically the Suns are using that as an excuse I think to to legitimize a decision not and look that's fine I think if you don't want to pay five years if you're a little afraid there's again um nuance in that versus three and four just from what all the reports are and what the agents and James Jones said to Sam though is weird to me because how do you not have conversations about four? Let's just say four in the middle. Why don't you say, what about four? Did did James Jones really say, what about four? And then eight inside probably, like maybe fairly, they just said, no, we're not going to talk about four. Yeah. But they never went and said that directly to Amic, and that never directly came out other than what James Jones has said. So it, it does sound like Aiton's camp is trying to strong arm the five-year deal i think at the end of the day which is fine but that's where you gotta understand like i i think again they're gonna revisit this the deals will be the same types of offers you're gonna have another full year of evidence so to me i i i'm not really that concerned but i am you are worried because if Nothing changes if DeAndre again like has his ups and downs during the regular season. Plays well in the postseason, however long that is. Like, does that is that enough to change the Suns' mind? Which I think it should. If that's what they're looking for, I don't know. I don't know what they're looking for. They haven't said to tie a bow. Put it on top of the discussion around the two Maxis thing. I believe it is like one of it comes up in a list of pros and cons with this whole thing comes up. Should mm-hmm. it be one of the primary pros or cons? Absolutely not. They can go prove us wrong and go get a third next if guy. If it is want, at no. the top of the list as the reason why they did not do this, that's some McDonough stuff, Kev. That's him sitting on his assets forever, waiting for a better deal to come and ending up with Brandon Knight. And I'm not saying the Suns are doing that. I'm just saying the thought process, like it's, and that's not there. I really, really doubt that's their thought process. I really doubt that was the main motivation behind it. I just think I mean, it's like when the discussion's being had yesterday and everyone's like, Sarver's cheap, Sarver's cheap, Sarver's cheap. There are other there are other angles to be talked about, and they were being talked about, and that was not one that was brought up as Amic put in the piece. It said he it wasn't being discussed publicly, and now it is being discussed publicly. Here we are discussing it publicly. Huzzah! So I don't think it really matters. I don't underst- I don't see how they would get that third guy. I would rather them come out and say, "I want to see him do this for a full season." That's all I want to, because <laughs> that's completely fair, and it's just odd we didn't. And I know they don't want to criticize him, and maybe it, he he would be feel more disrespected if they said that, and they don't want to air that. But but the point you're getting at it, it was odd for James multiple times in that article to say like it was a five year max. That's all we were hearing. Okay, well then why was a five year max not of interest to you guys? Right. 
And that is a question we're not going to be able to ask. Him and I think people would have been on there. He talks. And if he says, like, we just want to see him play a full season like he did in the playoffs, like like you're saying, yeah. I don't think anyone can come out of that disagreeing. I can't come out of that disagreeing. That's fine. Or even if you said something about the salary cap in a few years, like beyond two years, and you said, I, we're, we just want to be sustainable or what use whatever buzzwords you want, we don't want to go that long. But that's the whole point about if you draft a good number one overall pick, who's certainly very good already and could get better, you want to have team control as long as possible. And I think that's why we're not quite understanding, like, they're doing a lot to save money in, what, three years down the road? Because Paul's contracts, Shamit's, for example, aren't guaranteed. Mikel's you don't worry about because Mikel's going to be fine, I think, then. Um, So they're doing things to make sure they're in good financial shape, I think, and maybe they just are keeping up with that with this Aiton situation um, where it's like, I don't trust anyone other than Devin Booker and Mikel Bridges. Because, like, that's fair. But I, I just don't know if you can say that. Who else so are you going to trust then? Right. Can't just sit here and look at this roster like it's very flexible still, and you can kind of move things around. You are where you are. I, I really, I say worry about it later too. It's like, yeah, I'm not even saying this to you. I'm saying if the, if that's one of the main thoughts coming out of this is that like you trust right. those two guys and that's it. That is flawed thinking because you're kind of just set with what you have right now. Which, by the way, is a team that was two wins away from winning a championship last year, and I think is a team that's going to win 60 games this year, and yeah. I think is going to make the finals again. So. And they're and they're young. It's worth paying so it now. And even so, like, look, Chris Paul got traded last year to the Suns with that massive forty million per year contract. In what he was thirty five when it happened. So, like, the fact that you were worried about Da if he had what two or three more years on his contract, like you couldn't move him at all at thirty million ish or a little above at that point, when the salary cap and stuff's going to go up. So like if you if you just like want to reset then that's fine. You can move that dude, I bet. Do you not think that he's going to like is he going to suffer some like does he have bad knees? I don't know. Like there's no reason why you wouldn't think you could move that contract if you really were worried about it then. So that's why I think the risk is so low um to give him the longer term deal. Let's go best case worst case here. Okay. Ooh. Best case. He plays out of his mind. Angry. Man possessed. Rawr. Give me my money. The Suns offer him his money, his five-year max next summer. Do you think he would accept it? I think so. I think so, too. So that's that's, That is essentially the main angle is, do you believe that the Suns, and this is where some Suns fans with their fears of Sarver believe that he wouldn't even offer the five-year max next year if he proves that he's worth it, which I think he already has proved he's worth it. But let's say he's like third-team All-NBA next year. Like, will you offer him all that money? I believe they will, and I believe he would accept it because that's what this whole thing is about is the money, and he wants to stay here. We we believe. We cannot say with certainty, Kevin. If I had to put a percent on, on those two situations happening, what, 60? The odds that he plays well this year, the Suns offer him the five-year max, and that he accepts it. I put it at, what, 40 60%? Somewhere in there? I can't go above 60. No. I'd put it a little There's too much lower. chance on the line. I'm probably being too high here. This is just my belief in like the James Jones, Monty Williams infrastructure. 
if he average, I'm going to project like 18 points, 12 rebounds. Yeah. Starts shooting a few threes a game. Oh, you're talking about stats now. Now I'm nervous. Like, is he going to start trying to get his numbers up so he can consistent? If he's consistent, like he is in the playoffs, maybe he has a few off games. Whatever everyone does. Um, like even if he's at 80 percent of what he was in the playoffs, yeah, do it. Absolutely. The main question I want to ask him, and we haven't been able to ask him yet, he declined to talk today, he declined to talk yesterday, however much he declines to talk, we're going to ask him. If it's three months from now and he finally talks, we're going to say three months ago, that's going to be the first question he gets. So, uh, The main question that I would have for him when that comes, though, is you were told, I don't know, like not to phrase it like that, because he maybe wasn't told this, but you were given a specific role, a reduced role, and you were asked to do the most you could with it. You did the most you could with it on the biggest stage possible when everyone needs to prove it, where guys like Jaron Jackson Jr., Michael Porter Jr., Shea Gilgis-Alexander, even Luka Doncic, even Trey Young have not been able to prove it yet. Trey got to the Eastern Conference Finals, but he didn't get to the Finals. DeAndre did, and DeAndre played well in the Finals. Do you? Does that change your mentality for how you need to play this year? That's the biggest question for me. Is he like, oh man, do I need to put up 20 and 15 and start thinking about me more he thought about the team last year and they didn't pay him yeah it's a balancing act that that is that is my main worry and that question is the biggest risk that they are taking with this beyond like the fact that he could leave and he could get the three plus one from another team and leave in three years a la gordon hayward that's a risk but the biggest one is that it affects his mindset for the team going forward not only this year but in the future yeah i mean I think it's good news because he already spoke the last time he spoke before this result was he's disappointed. You saw him in preseason. He showed up. He seems engaged with his teammates, all that stuff. So I'm not necessarily, if we're going to talk worst case, like I'm not worried about that even. I think the worst case, like I think people are going to project on him like it sounds selfish that you want to be paid. And I don't know if it's worth arguing that because the market says he should be paid. We already discussed that. If Michael Porter Jr. is getting that for being injured and not looking great against the Suns when they were eliminated in his playoff run, I know he had a great year, but I don't know. The market says he's worth a lot and... I think the worst case for me is the Suns taking him off more next offseason. I think he's going to be fine this season. I don't think he's going to regress in any major way. But if we get back to this negotiating period next summer when they're done with the season and it's the same stuff where the agents and the GM somehow don't have negotiations... That's what James Jones said today. I don't know who that's on, but that's some problem to me. That's a really important point to make. Yeah, the the five year thing that I talked about, like, yeah, they'll get it done. It's like, well, they didn't really negotiate that they well didn't. this first time. It James went Jones pretty badly. It sounded like you weren't able able to have I, even real I wanna negotiations. Ask, yeah, I want to see if like, will anyone, will either side broach? What about four years? Like, why didn't that happen? Why didn't it get beyond that? Yeah. Why, why, didn't, didn't, why just, didn't we spend like a couple of days actually entertaining this? Yeah. No idea. When you had months. Yeah, we don't know. Um, 
I think that's it on it. I mean, does this indicate that there's a chance that he could be traded this year? Yeah. It's very small, but yeah, it indicates there's a chance. Like, would we have even broached the idea? No. But now we have to broach the idea. There's a possibility. Sure. He could get unhappy and want to leave. The Suns could be unhappy with him and want him to leave. We don't know. Have you paid attention to Ben Simmons' news this morning? (laughs) Could be worse. Could be worse. We always find ourselves talking about that, even... Three years ago, when it seemed like nothing could be going worse than what was happening with the Suns, it's you always like have some to other be prepared story with for the Kings worst. always comes up or whatever. They're always there. It's not the, the Suns today, but if you learn anything from the NBA, it's that the Kings are always there for you. <laughs> Four years, ninety million for Mikel Bridges is pretty good, Kevin. I don't really have any thoughts on it. I wouldn't have blinked at a hundred. Think he's really, really worth it for the player that he is right now, and that deal could get a whole lot better fast. I think, yeah, we're distracted right now because that was a Sunday thing. In things obviously going to linger, but I think we said, and like we said the last pod, Bobby Marks said, this is a big red flag if the Suns don't pay anyone. And it's true. They paid Shamit. Mikel, honestly, like, Maybe you're higher on him than me, and I saw other people across the web that were also saying, like, I would go a little bit above that. Um, that's a really good deal for them. Again, I think it it does deflate his value when you look at other teams being not good who would pay him more, just like he wouldn't do that much for them in a secondary role instead of whatever he's in right now. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that's that's a really good deal, and that's one where the full guarantee makes sense to me. He and Book are just future pieces you need. So we'll give the Suns credit for that. That got done. That's a huge piece of this, and yeah. Shame it. Four years, $43 million, uh, according to our own uh, Australian correspondent. Mr. David Nash, David Kevin, as he is known, he keeps changing his. He has he hasn't changed his name in a while. To be fair, I just got so used to calling him David Nash. It's now David Kevin. Four point play on his newsletter. Uh, Nine point five million this year. Uh, Ten point two five the year after, and then we get into non guarantees for year three and four. Eleven million for year three. Eleven point seven five million for year four. I think when we were like kind of entertaining this idea, I think we never talked about it, Kevin, but we both agreed like, yeah, two year extension for him would kind of make sense. And that's essentially what this is with like a third and fourth year being like, okay, yeah, if you show in our system that like you can really be the guy that we already believe you are, but we just need to see it. Yeah. We'll get it. And I think that's the kind of thing where we look at the campaign deal, the Chris Paul deal, Mikel getting him on 90, in my opinion, like I think James always finds a way to get a little bit more value than you would expect. And I think even that third, I would have been fine with 443. And just like, again, I'm under the, I am under the thought of like, this is the team you got. You're going to be starting to pay the luxury tax soon. So you got who you got. Um, but with that in mind, getting like the third and fourth year there is, is pretty sweet. And as people have mentioned with him, alongside like a guy like Dario and then if I would never entertain this of course as the Jay Crowder stand I am Kevin but like you've got tradable contracts now things right. start to come up yeah there's a lot in that 10 million dollar range um even the rookie deals for like Cam Johnson and Jalen Smith the latter much less important obviously but 
if a star goes on the block or something and you do want to make something relatively massive in re- comparison to anything they've done thus far, like there are going to be options. Um, it, it's just weird to frame it that way. Cause obviously this team hasn't done that aside from the Chris Paul deal, right? Like, but I, I think the Chris Paul deal was a good example of how you manage these things. You get good basketball players. Yeah. Ricky Rubio's deal. I don't remember the exact figures, but it 351. was 351. How do I still remember that? You have, I don't know what I had for breakfast don't today, Kevin, but I got I got three for fifty one locked in there. I have brain holes, but um, I hate my brain a lot. <laughs> but that was a good like. Oh, he got a lot, but the Suns got a legit point guard, and despite flaws, you can trade that. And Rubio's contract has been traded um, a couple times now, right? So I just think that type of deal allows you to be sustainable, allows you to maneuver, and. I think Shamit falls into that kind of um, piece where it's like, yeah, he's he's going to make the value, and if we like like Javon Carter's even was small compared to that, but oh, we use you, oh, okay, we can get Shamit. That's an upgrade. There we go. There were times last year where Monty and I think Suns fans. I, I don't know who the right person is to address this point to, but I think for people who saw campaign play as well as he did all year, and I thought he was great pretty much all year, there were patches of the season where Monty didn't play him or played him very little. And to me, this deal kind of indicates further, not necessarily that point on Cam, but the fact that I would not be surprised if I would be surprised if Landry played more minutes than campaign the entire season. But if there are like patches of games where he does, or even just a game or two every couple of weeks, I would not be surprised at all. And I think this kind of belief in Shaman and signing him just after training camp kind of further, um, I think it further implies the fact that like they have a three guard rotation but they really, there's obviously a huge gap between two and three, but like Cam is one of the best backup point guards in the league, in my opinion, but he is not a guy that they lock in every night for 20 to 25 minutes a night. It's not going to happen, and they can find enough minutes for Shamit, or else you wouldn't be giving him $9.5 million um, the season after this, and then $10.25 million the year after that, because you're giving your backup um, guard rotations now making $16.5 million next year, which is not or 15.5, which is not crazy, that's fine, but it's also like you, you're paying those guys because you expect them to play. So but I, also, Shamit fills this role where it's, like, if he's an emergency point guard, he could do that. Um, but more so, get ready for three-guard lineups, I think. We're going to see yeah. some three-guard lineups for sure. They looked good coming. when they had them, and when they were forced to go that way, and whether that's whoever's on the ball, I think. Also, what's interesting about Shamit is, you could legit play him like Langston Galloway played last year, where he's legit running off screens, catch, shoot, do nothing else. And you call a few plays for him maybe, but then he's going to give you the other stuff that they hope to get more out of him. So I, I just think when you talk about value, that matters a lot. It's like, I'm trying to think of a football analogy, but you're basically, I guess Isaiah Simmons with the Cardinals, where it's like, we're basically... He's in he's this position starting, but he can be an edge rusher if we're in an emergency situation, he can play safety probably like that's to some degree why there's value in Shamit's deal. When you just think he's a shooter, that's fine. But 
do you this is an unanswerable question and to get past like our offseason mode and this will come up if it comes up Jalen Smith's third year options coming up November 1st he may he's down for 4.6 next year off the top of my head I would need to be able to look at what contracts the Suns can offer in free agency who's available in free agency all that kind of stuff that would have to factor into what I'm going to say so I'm going to preface with that that I have not done the required research for what I'm about to say and the Suns certainly are doing that this is an unanswerable question for us, Kevin, because we just haven't been able to track his development on the interior like they have. And like we can say that about Mikel Bridges, too, but we've seen a whole lot of Mikel Bridges like in front of us, right? We haven't seen that much Jalen Smith. We're talking about it, I think, right? Like it's worth bringing up his option. Yeah. 4.6, like that's that's not a, that's not cheap. That's a, again, it's like who, what would you be using that money for? Where would it go? JaVale's contract is up after the, he's not on a two-year deal. Where do you look at the backup center position in the future? Do you see Jalen being your backup big in his third year, your backup center in his third year? Are they going to be playing him more at the four or the five? Yeah. We don't know that because the preseason, what you wrote about, the quotes they gave were more confusing than anything, <laughs> Monty, right? Monty was like, when I threw him in, out there in the five, he looked great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, is, we've been trying yeah. since draft night. We've been yeah. trying to tell you. I, I think Monty knows that, and I think I they, think they all know that too. But I think they were just looking for something at the four that might not be there, or it's still there. We'll see. Right, but but it's a good point because I'm looking. That's the thing where it'd have to be something this season that you don't know yet, unless there's a trade before November one. Somehow, where the money just they need to save five mil. And you know it's coming, which I, I have no idea what's out there. And as far as trade before the season, things tend to happen maybe like one a year. Remember they acquired Ryan Anderson before the year, Kellen? I was a believer. <laughs> I got so, tricked, bamboozled, yeah. run amok. Yeah, I mean, I have no clue. Let astray. I, I think $5 million also even on a... On a, for a player that young, I wouldn't say is terrible. It's just, have you given up on him yet, I guess? We'll find out. Yeah, if they, if they take that option, that's certainly a belief in that. Because uh, Cam Johnson's going to get has, picked is on up. the right. Cam yeah. Johnson's fourth year is going to get picked up. By the up. way, Kevin, to something that I talked about a lot, just to further emphasize the point that I made when we were talking about, um, I was talking about the value of the 29th pick, especially on a team like this. The guy making the 10th most money on the team this year is Cam Johnson. The 11th most is Landry Shamit because they're still on those rookie deals. It's like, mm-hmm. And then even next year, Cam's making 5.8, which is he's one of the three or four best reserve wings in the league, probably, I would say, off the top of my head, without having a list in front of me. I, he's got to be up there. All right, we, 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 we've talked enough contract nonsense. Let's talk some hoop. Oh. Denver coming up tomorrow. Kevin, it's it's interesting looking at like a full league schedule because you're reminded of just so this is how it goes. They've got Denver tomorrow and then they're on the road on a back to back Friday, Saturday against Los Angeles, the Lakers, and Portland. But then they only play Wednesday and Saturday of that next week and they're off until Tuesday. And it's like, oh yeah, this is a regular schedule when they actually have like breaks in between. And they can take time to like recuperate their bodies and not be rushed to play seventy two. <laughs> and then before that, when they had to rush through, when they paused everything, it's like it's crazy. 
my brain broke today because I was looking at Jalen Smith's contract numbers or something, and I was like, he's in his third year already, right? He's entering his third. And my, it was just like, second. no, dog, the the year. bubble, he was not a thing then. Nope. That, but that was like just over a year ago or something. So we haven't talked about it much, so we'll talk about it here. I really like the way the schedule looks, just because it's a perfect Denver. Will Barton already said this morning, like, oh yeah, they swept us on our home court. We remember. So nice. season opener, they're already going to be pumped, but like they're looking for revenge. Lakers, obviously, that's a, the same kind of thing. They got eliminated on their own home floor, and then you go against Portland on the second game of back to back, which is not like an insane game on the second game of back to back where you're like, oh man, like that's a pretty much a loss. It's a winnable game, but it's a tough one. You got to play Dame on the second half of a back-to-back. Mikel's got to go from spending time on LeBron to running around 14 screens chasing Dame and well, CJ. He's going to get Westbrook now, huh? Oh, that's right. He is going to get Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, so he's going to have that Worse. guy slamming into his chest the whole the whole game. Same kind of thing with LeBron, yeah. just a guy that's 60 pounds less, but still very, very freakishly strong. But then they get those three days off. Like I said, three, Kevin. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. That's how the days work. Uh, they play Wednesday. They play home against Sacramento, Cleveland, New Orleans, Houston. And then Atlanta. So that's, you get a nice three games in four days kind of deal here where you really get to like test yourself kind of early, right? But then you get like a, not a layup, a home stretch necessarily, but a quite, quite a nice one. Kellen, you can lose any night in this league, I've heard. Oh, yeah, you can. You you certainly can. But I think this is kind of like ideal. This is kind of the ideal way you want to see the schedules play. Get yourself tested early, but then you can. Yeah, you can cruise in certain stretches, and that's definitely a cruisable stretch. Like that. get some JaVale people were saying, McGee minutes in there. Yeah, people were saying when the schedule came out, like I can see like fifteen and two here or whatever. It's like yeah, like you can see how easy this could be going up because after Atlanta, it's Sacramento, Portland, Memphis, Houston, Minnesota, Dallas, Dallas. It's not crazy. Um, thoughts on Denver and just what they we talked about them a bit before. Um, just like this kind of test, I. Don't want to talk too much about Jokic Aiden because it's going to frustrate me that every time DeAndre plays bad, it's going to be because of his contract. And like that's going to be an annoying thing to talk about all year. But I am very interested to see how Jokic responds because he... Would you agree with the overall sentiment that he got outplayed? I think DeAndre played better than Jokic for the whole series. Yeah. Yeah. He gave him his jersey and was very nice and then went off to wherever he went to. I don't know where he went. So Jokic, the MVP of the league, getting eliminated like that—that's obviously he went to get a, he went in a horse carriage somewhere. That's what I'm getting at. Sorry, continue. <laughs> there were just images of him, just like I'm just going to get pulled around by this horse. I'm yeah, done. that was wild. So I'm, that's front and center. I think that's like the number one thing to watch in this game. Obviously, anything else you're really looking at? I think Shamit for I think three guard lineups and how they integrate Shamit, Payne, the guard rotation. I'm really interested to see that. Do they go to Nader? Do they go four wings? Or do <laughs> I was they gonna go three? say Nader because remember Monty loves that guy. I actually do like Nader a lot, but I'll be on that island alone. I like him. Okay, he's fine for the fourth wing. I'll say that same kind of thing where okay. Tory was like a luxury as your fourth wing. He's he's fine as your fourth wing. Um, anything else you're really looking at specifically? I like the I like the J Aaron Gordon matchup too. Unless they put Aaron Gordon on, but it, the the interesting part about this is, do they like who guards? But yeah, it's the same I don't thing know how yeah. like this works because we haven't been in this position. But like, do they go to what happened in the playoffs, or do they just scrap it and it's a new season completely and they don't remember that they had Aaron Gordon on Devin Booker and like weird cross matches? Like, like I'm just curious covering this team from that perspective. 
I think. Well, remember how Malone was like, that was terrible. Like, he was very <laughs> openly oh, yeah. speaking out against how bad they played in a couple of those different games. And in game four, he was like, I love the way we fought and all that kind of stuff, which was true because they did, they did really fight back when Jokic fought back and got tossed. Yeah. Uh, but I think it, I think it's really interesting from a couple of different facets, and then obviously the Lakers. It's like is that a Western Conference Finals preview? Do we see salsa dances on the other side? Ooh, there's there's some fun narrative juice, as you say. Very fun, and then Portland's always book always plays Just well book in Portland. Dame, yeah, yeah, book always plays well there. Basketball's back. We're very excited. We hope you are too. We'll be back next week. To talk about basketball, Kevin, instead of That's, contracts in fourth yeah. years and CBA things. Anytime you just bring up CBA, for me at least, I'm like, oh man, can we just talk about like their pick and roll defense from the night before instead, please? <laughs> okay. I'll send you my spreadsheets. Thank you, pal. I very much appreciate that. Are the Arizona Cardinals winning the Super Bowl, Kevin? <sighs> no, I don't think How so. many playoff games do you think they win? Two. So they make the championship, that would be? NFC championship, and they lose in the they NFC championship? The, yeah, because they won't be in wild card. So they would be division... Oh, so they would make the bowl. Because it's three oh, wins man. for a bowl, right, if you yeah. get the bye? Yeah. That'd be two. I can't do the math. Wait. It would be oh, this season is so different. I forgot what the rules are. Wild card, divisional. I think the bye is still three wins for a Super Bowl, right? We don't know. Uh, how, how, how bought in are you on a scale of one to ten? I'm bought in eight. They're I'm a legit at, team. I'm at about a seven and a half. And the two and a half is completely Cliff Kingsbury. Like, that's it. <laughs> that's really all it is. They don't need him, Kellen. They like, need Spencer Whipple. You know who might win executive of the year if they do that in the NFL? Steve Kahn. What? Yeah, AJ Green, not washed. JJ Watt, not washed. James Conner, not really that washed. He, he he did the thing. Shouts to him. Should he have been like, oh, last year? I think absolutely. <laughs> but What we've learned here is that it's good to have better players. Byron Murphy, top 10 corner in the league right now? That is surprising. Yeah. They're doing good. Good stuff for them. All right, everyone. We'll be back next week. See ya.